1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we have Attacking Thirds, Challenge Cup, Best 11, and MVPs. Before we take a deep dive into who we thought broke out of the challenge cup a quick reminder to follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok for all news and updates at attacking third subscribe to us on youtube for nwsl extended highlights at youtube.com slash attacking third lisa We've got to put Challenge Cup to bed. It's officially over. We have a new Challenge Cup champion with North Carolina Courage, but we want to chat a little bit more about, you know, maybe who stood out across the three region groups, maybe put together a best 11 and talk about that a little bit in line with what is likely going to be uh, discussed over the course of the news cycle? and Po folks are going to have their opinions about who should be in the best starting eleven for Challenge Cup and so on and so forth. And we're like, you know what? we're we're a part of that conversation too. We're going to talk about it today. Of
0: course, we're part of that conversation. We love to give our two cents and and pick players, really dissect who did well, who performed consistently, who played games, because uh, there was yellow card accumulation that led players to be out for certain games, and there was injuries that happened, and uh, a lot of different changes and international breakthrough in the middle there uh, of the Challenge Cup as well, um, but this was pretty fun to create with you and really look at each team individually, at the players that they put together, um, and not just the four teams that made it to the semifinal, but all 12 NWSL clubs, um, the personnel they had, and see how the team grew throughout the Challenge Cup because that's really the most important part. And we're doing this, and of course, the regular season has started and the Challenge Cup has concluded. Now it's just regular season moving forward, but reflecting on these games, I had to remind myself, like, oh, that player had a breakout (laughs) performance in a regular season game. We're going to separate those despite the
1: crossover. We're separating them. Um, yeah, but, it it happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of part of the fun challenge in this is the fact that it was uh, kind of a quick tournament. It was yeah. something that took place ahead of the regular season. There obviously there was the overlap in in that first uh, week there, uh, but it it forced us to go back and maybe kind of take a look and uh, look at some highlights and uh, take a look at some numbers and cross reference some things. But I like what we've uh, ended up settling on. Uh, For this for this one. But before we get into the results of who we selected, where and why, we've got a little bit of news and notes to discuss with everybody before we put Challenge Cup to rest. Uh, Some updates for player injury side of things, Uh, as many folks know, infamously on the uh, Challenge Cup final during that second half, there were a number of players Uh, sustaining some injuries due to some fatigue or otherwise within uh, those those second half minutes of the Challenge Cup final. But Cara Caroline went out and kind of put uh, an update on social media, uh, said that it's ultimately a sprained ankle that she sustained in the Challenge Cup final. So I think there's a little bit of a, uh, a breath of relief in that one. I think for folks who sort of got introduced to this player via the challenge cup, right. And uh, who she is and what she can bring on the pitch. Uh, so we'll be out for a few weeks as uh, what she mentioned in this update from her own personal channels. And uh, that was exciting to see. Cause I think it's, it's early in this regular season, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So I think a player like this just saying like, Hey, I'm going to be out for a few weeks. I think, a FIFA, I think most of us are pretty happy that it's nothing oh. worse, you know.
0: Yes, yes, and even from the video of the slide tackle, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, you never know in those types of situations. The one positive was uh, Caroline stood up and was able to walk after the fact. Um, a little bit of a limp, but that was a little bit telling of how serious this injury was going to be and a sprained ankle. Not the greatest thing in the world, but also not the worst thing. She'll be back before we know it. Uh, But it is good to get a little bit of response out of North Carolina and Caroline about what she's dealing with right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, the biggest one was uh, with the Jordan Baggett uh, scary scenes towards uh, the end of the match uh, in stoppage time, specifically. But uh, Jason Anderson uh, reporting that uh, on the same day of the Challenge Cup final, that Baggett was ultimately uh, released from the hospital and uh, in good spirits. So that was. Uh, another bit of, I think, a breath of fresh Mm -hmm. air for folks to sort of read or hear or learn about and kind of perhaps, you know, after the very scary collision that it was to know that the player was discharged ultimately within the same day from... The hospital, I think, uh, was better news in light of sort of the scenes that were coming out of that. So a couple of uh, updates from the final uh, there. We're going to maybe talk a little bit before we get into full NWSL Challenge Cup awards here. We want to chat a little bit about the FAWSL because we are going to be the home of FAWSL very, very soon. You can catch games on Paramount Plus beginning this summer. And, of course, I'm so excited to talk about this because anytime we get a chance to talk about the Blues, I'm here for it. But Chelsea FC winning the FA Women's Super League again, their third straight season with a win 4-2 over Manchester United. Scenes, scenes from this match, Lisa, as Chelsea went ahead and uh, got the victory.
0: Huge scenes. I mean, Sam Kerr is so fun th- to watch. She becomes yeah. the first ever uh, WSL player to score over 20 goals in back-to-back seasons. Um, tremendous. She ends up netting uh, the fourth goal in this one that really sealed the deal for Chelsea at the end of this game. And it was a pretty great goal. I know it's on our Attacking Third Twitter, so go check that out if you haven't seen it. But um, fun to
1: watch Chelsea for sure. And Sam Kerr. Uh, really- yeah, yeah doing a madness like the highlight yeah. on that goal specifically just just the body control and presence of mind um, first like first player in FAWSL WSL to, to score those 20 plus goals in back-to-back seasons you mentioned and it's just uh it's a delight to watch it's it's sort of like I know for us like maybe stateside having seen Sam Kerr and be able to do what she does in NWSL action and this is a player that won multiple golden boot titles here in the United States. So we're not unfamiliar with the fact that Sam Kerr can rack him up, but there's something about watching this player kind of go from continent to continent to continent and just continue to evolve her game. And quite frankly, Take over things like offensive. So you're talking about a player that has is, is won and put up goals in in Australia's W League, NWSL, and now in Europe with Chelsea and FAWSL. It's uh it's incredibly impressive, and uh, for a third straight season, winners once more. I know head coach M Hayes has to be has to be thrilled with the performance uh, from her club. So congrats to Chelsea. Love to see it. Let's uh let's move on into NWSL Challenge Cup. We are going to go through. Some different segments here for everyone. We're going to start off with the Challenge Cup MVP. So we're talking about the player that we think had the best overall tournament throughout the duration of the Challenge Cup. And when we were going back and forth and a handful of players here, I think we settled down to two, and we decided to award the Challenge Cup MVP to Debiña of North Carolina Courage outstanding I'm talking about just from the minute she was able to get onto this pitch she's a player that you would look at for North Carolina Courage and just sort of have circled I think and Mm -hmm. you just know that this is a player that you're going to want to try to target if you're the opposition try to limit their impact on the pitch but that wasn't the case so much we saw North Carolina Courage Break on through to the Challenge Cup final. Go ahead and lift that cup. And a huge part of it was because of the performances that Dabinha was putting in on the pitch for North Carolina courage. Five goals for yeah. her in this challenge cup tournament over seven games. And uh yeah, I think I think at the end, lifting up the the hardware that counts towards the end of this tournament, I think kind of goes without saying, getting an assist. In uh, in that Challenge Cup final as well, so it was a delight to watch her play during this tournament. It was huge. I mean, this
0: we we did have some discussion about who it was going to be, but there is, it's really easy to make a case for Vinya as uh, this MVP of the Challenge Cup because even when you look at North Carolina and the attacking players that they lost in the offseason. It was up to Dabinia to step up and take control of this Courage team and not just dominate the midfield, but also in the attack, provide more attacking presence than she's ever had to before because there really wasn't that many lethal threats in front of her in the front line for North Carolina. And that's exactly what she did, netting five goals and just being such a, a pest in the midfield for opponents to handle and, and being a leader on this ta- on this team, despite. Um, losing Casey Murphy in goal for North Carolina. That that's also like a bit of a rally around that yep. Davinia needed to encourage, and then having some injuries along the back line with certain players coming in and out and rotating through. And then also with Caroline stepping in throughout this challenge cup, I know that Caroline leaned a lot on Davina to not only be her translator on the pitch, but also bring her up to speed about what the NWSL is all about. And and we saw a different look from Dabina in not just being a tremendous player for herself, but being a team player and a team leader throughout this Challenge Cup. So a huge, huge nod to Dabina for her efforts throughout the Challenge Cup.
1: Yeah, I know we went back and forth, and I think we boiled it down to about two players in this category, and we thought the player that can also maybe both uh, you know, contend for this uh, title here on attacking third that we're giving is maybe Trinity Rodman, quite frankly. Um, we're looking at and going through the seven games, scoring the five goals, notching the assists, creating, you know, 13 chances. But we're looking at Trinity Rodman as well. And, and the team falling just short as the Washington Spirit were unable to uh, go ahead and find an equalizer and, and push things to, to maybe a penalty shootout and see what could have happened there. But uh, runners-up of the Challenge Cup, so Trinity Rodman posting up eight matches for her Challenge Cup tournament, recording four goals, three assists, 21 chances created for this player in this (laughs) Challenge Cup. But we were also equally impressed with... With her uh, her defensive rate uh, work rate within this uh, within this Challenge Cup tournament as well, so um, that we, we we tried to make the case for for Rodman as well, but we just gave the edge to Dobinian and, and how she can kind of turn it on at those big game moments and and really kind of stand out a little bit. So uh, credit to to both their players and, and the tournaments that they had in this Challenge Cup. Of course, and and
0: because. Dabinia, we chose her over Trinity Rodman. It's almost because if Rodman didn't have an incredible challenge cup, Washington Spirit still would have been okay. And they still probably would have made it to the the postseason and the semifinals. Um, and Rodman, a huge contributor of that, but there are also so many other lethal players for Washington Spirit. But Dabinia, she took North Carolina on her back and and said, I'm going to make this team as best as it can be and really turn it around, and that's what we saw. I mean, both of these players, just a tremendous Challenge Cup. Um, But yeah, we're we're giving the nod
1: to Dabinia in this one for sure. Let's expand things a little bit here for the Challenge Cup. We're putting together a Challenge Cup Best starting 11 And we had a little bit more fun With this one, quite frankly Because you get more positions to look at You get to, again, make more cases For folks, and and just to let people know and The inside workings of what we were doing In terms of the content planning We wanted to make sure that when we were looking at A potential best 11 For the Challenge Cup, we wanted to look at players Who had at least five matches Under their belt Within this 2022 Challenge Cup And we were taking a look at different numbers and different stat lines throughout each one. And and we're looking at a goalkeeper, four defenders, three midfielders, and four forwards in this one. So let's start with what we love best, which is defense. Lisa, let's take a look at the goalkeeper position. It was unanimous. Lisa and I had the least amount of discussion when it came to selecting a player uh, in the best Challenge Cup starting 11 for the goalkeeper position. We are going with Fallon Tulloch-Joyce. Seven games in net for ol Reign, 24 saves five goals against an 82.8 save percentage we were just very impressed with this player i mean you can maybe even make a case uh for for the Reign that this was their breakout player which we'll get into a little later but we had little discussion about her uh, being in the goalkeeper position uh let's take a look at maybe some defenders lisa you want to take those I love this. Yeah, I mean, Fallon
0: Tullis-Joy's holding down between the sticks in goal for our best 11. And then across the back line, we have Carson Pickett out of North Carolina Courage, Abby Erceg also out of the Courage, Alana Cook out of OL Reign, and Sophia Huerta out of OL Reign. This one was also pretty easy for us to decide. Um, it, it's interesting when you we put the team tags on there, two from Courage and two from Owl oh, Rain. But defensively, these two teams just did so well with limited goals against throughout the Challenge Cup and, and the consistency in their play that they were able to do. And and between Huerta and Pickett, their ability to also contribute in the attack and get down the flank and create chances for their teams um, with the versatility that they provide while also being really good lockdown 1v1 defenders. Uh, we had a little bit more discussion about the defensive side because we do love defense and there are so many good players to choose from, but these four definitely bubbled to the top pretty quickly. We're also going to give a little bit of uh, off-the-bench subs coming in in our best 11. So it's not quite a best 11. We're expanding it a little bit because we have to. We can't just pick 11 players out of all these 12 teams. So Megan Klingenberg out of Portland Thorns, this was a player that Despite playing three in the back and and considerably that wing back position defensively, Megan Klingenberg had a fantastic challenge cup for Portland. And then Alex Luera, the rookie for Kansas City Current. Um, she started in the center back role. She moved higher up the pitch into a defensive six midfield role. But defensively, Luera was a really, really good player despite being a first-year in the league, a rookie, um, and on a team that finished last in 2021. And ultimately, at Kansas City ended up winning the Central Region. So these six players overall, but mainly Pickett, Erceg, Cook, and Huerta,
1: um, they, they were our defenders for this best 11. I love it. I love Chatting about who we're going to slide into the back line there. And I'm happy with Pickett, Ursa, Kirk, and Huerta for that one. For the midfield, we, of course, are placing Dibinia. We told ourselves, listen, we can't give Dibinia the Challenge Cup MVP and not have her in the best 11. So we've got Dibinia, Ashley Sanchez, Denise O'Sullivan to round out the midfield here for the best 11 in the 2022 challenge cup. And we're looking at potentials coming off of the bench a little bit. We expanded that once more because again, there were some really impressive midfielders during this challenge cup. And we kept a close eye on a player like Hina Sagita. We think that uh, she really did some really good stuff for the Portland thorns really kind of slotting in, into what we have been referring to as a Lindsay Horan-sized hole. I mean, that is a massive player to try to slot in for. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see uh, during this Challenge Cup and now into the regular season what she is going to become for this Portland-Thord side. So we we have her coming off of the bench as an option. But, of course, players like Rose Lavelle and June Endo as well that we were impress- equally impressed with during this Challenge Cup. And it's hard to... Uh, read off these names and know that there are not going to be these type of players that are maybe going to be named to the best starting 11s in these.
0: I know exactly. I mean, this midfield was really hard to do. And we, we did decide we were going to do a four, three, three, which limits our midfield options. But um yeah, Davina Sanchez and Denise O'Sullivan, uh, Denise Sullivan, I was so impressed with her play throughout the challenge cup. Um, she played every minute for North Carolina and Usually in the past, we've seen Denise O'Sullivan be such a attacking presence, and she had to take on much more of a defensive role because playing alongside Dabinia and Caroline up front, it they could control a lot of the attack and they had a lot of freedom, freedom to roll, which made Denise O'Sullivan have to stay a little bit more compact and, and maybe not play as free as she would have liked to, but she fell into that role seamlessly. I was really impressed with O'Sullivan. Uh, but we get to talk about our forwards and our front line This was hard, Sandra. We had a lot of discussion going back and forth about which front three we needed to have in our best 11. Ashley Hatch, she led the challenge cup in goals scored Trinity Rodman, also in our front line and out of Houston, Maria Sanchez, three assists, one goal for Houston. Um, Houston only had three assists throughout the challenge cup and Maria Sanchez, not got them all. all. <laughs> she got all three of them, which is so incredibly impressive. Probably could have been a number of more with the chances that she created and sending crosses into the box. Uh, this front three, I would love to see them play together. That, that probably won't ever happen, but this this is a really fun three to watch between Hatch and Rodman out of Washington and then Sanchez. And then we had three honorable mentions, three forwards coming off the bench out of Kansas City, current Kristen Hamilton, Uh, Sophia Smith out of Portland Thorns and Mallory Pugh out of Chicago Red Stars. Hamilton, a a player that can just turn it on, score goals for Kansas City when they're looking down, um, really helped Kansas City win out that region. Uh, Sophia Smith had a great run in Portland. And Mallory Pugh, um, it's a shame she got injured towards the end of this Challenge Cup because that would have changed a lot of things for Chicago and, and for everything else. But Mallory Pugh, man this player can play. We saw so many growth throughout the the challenge cup games that she did play.
1: Yeah. It's so like, again, it's so wild to sort of think about how we wanted to set a little bit of criteria for ourselves, but not kind of restrict ourselves so much. So we thought, you know, yeah, let's do like a five game minimum. Let's take a look at, you know, overall the challenge cup. And it's just, it's tough when you were looking at some of these individual performances and slotting Mm -hmm. them. Uh, In there, like it's it's wild to me that a player like Smith and Pugh uh, might not be on the radar for uh, the best 11 because of how the remainder of the Challenge Cup might have went outside of the group stage.
2: Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Regional MVPs we're looking at multiple MVPs across all 12 clubs based on the region that they played out of so let's take a look at our best MVPs of the three regions let's start off in the west Lisa for OL rain shocking we're going with Fallon Tullis-Joyce of O.L. Rain out of the West Region. For Portland Thorns, we're going with Sophia Smith. For San Diego Wave FC, we're going with Kaylin Sheridan. And for Angel City FC, we're going with a defender and Jasmine Spencer. I'm, listen, when we're looking at these four teams, we have three players who are in, def, like, defensive positional areas. And you know how much... I'm excited by that, Lisa. Uh, But I'm happy with our picks here. I think when we're looking at these teams and just sort of their one-off and looking at their performances within the Challenge Cup, coming out of the West, O.L. Reign making it to the semifinal, but Portland Thorns were in the mix, kind of had to come down to that final group Stage And unfortunately, uh, due to some COVID protocols and player availability, they ended up dropping that last game and were unable to advance into the Challenge Cup semifinal knockout rounds. So unable to uh, defend their 2021 Challenge Cup title. So just falling short uh, of uh, possibly getting that best second seed overall. But really impressed with Sophia Smith, as we've talked about a little bit out of this Portland Thorns side. Uh, but in terms of what we've got here, Lisa, in front of us, is there anyone one of these four that you think should be the actual number one MVP of the West region?
0: Uh, I think we have to go Fallon Tullis-Joyce uh, because she's our goalkeeper and our best 11. I mean, this this was tricky because this West region had... A lot of spread out talent, if that makes sense. Like, not there wasn't so many players that stood out as every single game in the Challenge Cup. They were game changers in what was happening because between the two expansion sides in San Diego and Angel City, the progression over the Challenge Cup is really what was so impressive. And, and so we, when we look at Angel City and, and a player like June Endo, who had a really good challenge cup, but it also took her a few games to get her footing underneath of her. And it took Angel City as a club a few games before they were actually keeping possession of the ball, stringing passes together. And same goes for San Diego Wave. They they needed time to click and come together. So that's why um, Kaylen Sheridan, goalkeeper out of San Diego stood out because this was a consistent player. She kept San Diego in a lot of games with her tenacious goal-saving ability, shot-stopping, her possession of the ball, being able to play out, out of the back with her feet. And then a player like Jasmine Spencer out of Angel City, who is a forward, listed as a forward, and the lack of depth for Freya in and Angel City allowed Spencer to slot into the back line and pretty seamlessly. If you watched her play throughout the challenge cup, you weren't saying this player used to be a forward and now they're playing in the back because her one V one defending was impressive. It was really good to see. So those players for sure stuck out. And then with Sophia Smith scoring goals for Portland Thorns, but I honestly think Fallon Tillis Joyce, um, had to play against a lot of tough competition as someone that has never played in the league before. And honestly, no one really knew who told Joyce was before this NWSL season came in. And after the first two weeks, everyone was talking about her and that's an MVP. That's someone that makes a difference in in their
1: team, in their region and in their league. So I go Fallon, tell us Joyce. I'm with you 100%. I can't add anything to that. I'm with you. I think if we're looking at these four clubs out of the West region, if there's one overall MVP out of the West, got to look at Falintilla's Joyce for uh I mean, my biggest thing with Falintilla's Joyce was those first couple of games. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can make an impression that quickly, that early and not fall off because it's easy to say it's early, things will shake out or even out or level out, that didn't happen. She introduced herself to so many different eyeballs in this league during the Challenge Cup and kept it on there all the way through the semifinals in this Challenge Cup. So I'm with you 100% when we're looking at the West, Valentilla's Joyce. When we're looking at the Central region, Lisa, let's take a look at the club's, who went head-to-head in the Central Region and name off our MVPs. For Kansas City Current, we're going with Kristen Hamilton. Chicago Red Stars, we're going with Alyssa Nair. Racing Louisville, we're going with Lauren Malay and Houston Dash, we're going with Maria Sanchez. I like these. And you know what? The Central Region was a region that we held dear and near to our hearts when we were going over any previewing or recaps during the Challenge Cup group stage. Lisa, we appreciated what they were presenting out there on the pitch and keeping things interesting all the way through the games of challenge cup group stage. But uh, in terms of what we're looking at here across these four teams, uh, look, we've got a goalkeeper once more, leading the team in MVP and Alyssa there for Chicago Red Stars I mean we were going back and forth I think a little bit through uh, between her and, and Mallory Pugh but I think the overall amount of games and the sort of uh, improvement that we saw uh, from the Chicago Red Stars in terms of their defensive shape was kind of what sealed it for us a little bit mm-hmm. but I also think we need to talk a little bit about maybe the teams that didn't you know have that type of challenge cup that they wanted to have teams like racing little Louisville Houston dash when we're looking at these two teams and uh, going with a player like Lauren Malay sticks out a little bit for us. I think it does. I mean,
0: uh, racing level struggled with a lot of consistency throughout this challenge cup. So, uh, and we looked at players that played consistent games and consistent minutes in games. Um, and in instances of teams like OL Reign and Racing Louisville that had a lot of balanced scoring, meaning there wasn't one player that ran away with five or six goals throughout this Challenge Cup. And Lauren Malay, a player that played in six games. She had a number of minutes for this club. She created six chances and and led the team with those six chances created, but notched away one goal. Lauren Malay, a player that it really contributes on both sides of the ball. Despite creating six chances, her defensive efforts as a forward and, and a player that, is on the wing for racing Louisville to track back and, and defend against players like Kristen Hamilton and Maria Sanchez shows a lot about, about this player and her tenacity Um, with Kim Bjorkengren at racing Louisville. His big focus is on the attacking side of the ball and, and wanting to get that first touch forward and possess the ball, moving it forward. And Lauren Malay is a player that really tried to do that throughout the challenge cup. There wasn't always immense success with that, but with taking chances and being a little bit more unpredictable in the attacking end, it comes with risks. And we saw Lauren Malay taking those risks. And for me, that's an MVP status as someone who's willing to go out of her comfort zone, the team's comfort zone, to take risks, create chances for her team, and, and help them get goals, get wins, and, and get shutouts throughout the Challenge Cup. So Lauren Malay, a very good player from Racing Louisville that deserved our MVP pick here. When we look at Houston dash Maria Sanchez, this was, this was a good pick. I mean, we weren't, we were expecting big things from her coming in back to Houston. She did a stint with them last year. And she contributed in the attack. On the left side of the field, get her stacked up 1v1. She'll beat that defender and whip an incredibly beautiful ball. So textured, great pace, curling towards the back post into the box. And the Houston Dash runners weren't always there on the end of those crosses, but Sanchez always did the work. And and she could get out of like three defenders on top of her, spin away from it, and send crosses in. It was
1: impressive to watch Sanchez. Yeah, for sure. I think when I'm looking at uh, the Central, I'm I impressed with Laura Millay. I'm impressed with Maria Sanchez, you know, considering... Uh, the the struggles that maybe racing and Houston went through throughout the duration of their challenge cup. But if I'm keying in on an MVP for this central region, I think I'm looking at Kristen Hamilton, a player who stepped up huge for this Kansas city side in light of this team continuing to lose pieces along the way. And not just any old regular player. We're talking about players uh, in, in Lynn Williams and in Sam Mewis and ultimately seeing someone else step up Uh, in in someone like Kristen Hamilton and also noting we talked about Alex Loera a little bit at the top during the best 11 but uh, obviously Elise Bennett is included in that conversation as well in terms of players who kind of had to step in and light up the opportunity in front of him so uh, congrats to uh, Kristen Hamilton our MVP out of the central overall for the east region let's round things out here to close out the episode North Carolina Courage we're going with the beanie We've been saying her name a lot in this episode, and we were going to keep doing that for the <laughs> remainder of it. It's uh, MVP for us coming out of the East region. We're looking at Washington spirit. We're going with Ashley Sanchez, Gotham FC. We're going to be going with Caprice Didasco and Orlando pride. Gunny John's daughter to close out the East region. There were a number of players. I think when we were going through again with North Carolina courage and Washington spirit, trying to make the case like who's really going to be the MVP of these teams out of the East region. And I think settling in on, to for the courage or settling in on someone like a Sanchez for the spirit mm-hmm. uh maybe says a little bit about the the competitiveness and sort of uh the extended talent pool that is exists between those two teams but when we're looking at maybe the teams again struggling a little bit in this region when we're looking at a Gotham FC when we're looking at an Orlando Pride we ended up going with uh Didasco for Gotham FC in this one Lisa We did. This was
0: a tricky one. I mean, Gotham struggled throughout the Challenge Cup. So finding a player that was consistently making a difference, um, we really had to look defensively because that's where Gotham had the most consistency throughout this Challenge Cup because their attack was... Unconsistent, to say the least. Um, so Caprice Idasko, she led the team with minutes, played, and created chances with seven. She was tied for first. And she led the team with touches, 455 touches. So she gets on the ball and she creates with it. She gets down the flank and contributes into the attack. So attacking-wise, Caprice Idasko is it for Gotham. She creates those chances and she sends crosses in. But defensively, she can really... Established organization in that back line and in front of goalkeepers, in front of Ashlyn Harris, and then alongside Ali Krieger, there's a lot of changes happening at Gotham. And Didasco was a consistent factor defensively for this team heading from 2021 into the 2022 Challenge Cup. So Didasco for sure gets this nod for us. And then I think Orlando Pride, we have to take a deeper look at Gunny solder because. Orlando Pride went through a lot of different changes and and Sidney LaRue dealt with a bit of an injury and that opened up a lot of space for someone to take control of games. And Jan daughter is typically a quieter player, player in that if you're not paying intense... It, Notice to Jan's daughter, you're not going to typically be like, wow, player of the match because her touches are so quick. She just keeps the ball moving and she's not a really flashy player, but due to the number of injuries that Orlando faced and the number of inexperienced players that they had together as a group and with the new head coach in the NWSL, Amanda Cromwell, it was Jan's daughter that stepped up and and said, I can change this team. She was able to get two goals in her six games played for Orlando. Um, But, but between Gotham and Orlando, those were probably the teams that we really had to look at as to which players made the most differences, despite not as a team, not having the best challenge cup performance.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. I loved going through each of these regions and sort of picking out an MVP that we thought uh, was for each of the 12 clubs throughout. Uh, Challenge Cup is, was over before we knew it, Lisa, and now here we are officially putting... The closing chapter, shutting the book, saying, let's look ahead to the regular season. It was fun, though, while we, yes. were, able, while so, we were able to cover it. So um, who do you pick for the East Region as you know, your number I'm, one? When I'm looking at the East Region, when we're looking at Dabina, we're looking at Sanchez, we're looking at Didasco and John's daughter. We we chose Dabinia for the overall tournament MVP, and I guess maybe that's the easy or safe pick in this one. But for the sake of being a little different, I think I'm going to go with Ashley Sanchez in this yeah. one. I liked her versatility for down, down the stretch. That's what me I think is going to be a little bit of the difference maker for me. The Spirit making an adjustment toward in that final and having Sanchez kind of maybe play a little bit, uh, a little bit of a, a lower a role in, for for the Spirit in terms of trying to combat a little bit of what they were going to be seeing against uh, the Courage in that final. But honestly overall in her challenge cup equally as impressive as the other uh you know parts of the attacking front line that we've seen from the spirit this is a player that played through all eight games and uh created 24 chances of her own throughout this challenge cup uh you know can, sort of leading uh rodman in that in, in that area by just three In that but notching an assist scoring a couple goals. I'm, I'm looking for Sanchez uh, to be the uh, the breakout player here of the East region. And uh, I'm sure there will be discourse, as there always is. Let us know, of course, as always, what you think about uh, the performances of the Challenge Cup, who you think stood out in the East or the West or the Central, who you think uh, should be on the best 11, who you think is the overall tournament MVP. You know, we always love to hear from you because we always appreciate you for listening to Attacking Third, as always always, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. If you have questions for us, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer it during a mailbag segment. And we'll be back on Friday for our regular season weekend preview for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third.